are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a October 26th Thursday night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at many places these days, and one of your hosts here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the show. It's been a while since I've hosted. Glad to be back. Glad to be talking Blazers once again with you as we are here on a Thursday night. It is 9.45 right now, and the Blazers just lost a heartbreaker at home to the Los Angeles Clippers on a Blake Griffin three-pointer. As time expired, the Blazers lose 104-103, their second loss of the season this year for the Trail Blazers. It was a very good game, a very well-played game. The Blazers had a really nice second half, really played better, really, I thought, down the stretch, uh, played pretty good defense with the lineups that they had out there. They contested shots on Blake Griffin, even Yusuf Nurkic a couple of times in the paint, hand up, defense, all in Griffin's face, and he still made the shot. The, The game winner, I must say, Griffin was a little open. Uh, he he found some daylight. The Blazers did fall asleep just a tiny bit on the on, on the the screen from Beverly. No one jumped out to get Blake, but Aminu did recover, trying to get a hand in his face. Thought I thought he had you know a decent contest, but uh, Griffin with the game winner and uh, you know. I know this is not any consolation for uh, you, uh, but I will say Blake Griffin is is as back as he could possibly be, if not better. Uh, the way he's shooting the three this year uh, looks to have added a completely different dimension to his game and has been even more efficient and without Chris Paul looks a little liberated and uh I know that's not an easy thing to to just take in that that Blake Griffin hit that three pointer that he's making threes now that it's that it's a thing but it's a thing and 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 Blake Griffin with a huge three pointer down the stretch ruining uh, what would have been a really nice comeback for the Trailblazers it must be said down the stretch C J McCollum missed a couple of crucial free throws his only two missed free throws of the game uh once on a three-pointer he missed one of those and then down the stretch when he was fouled up one he missed one of his free throws to that could have put the Blazers up by three which allowed for the Griffin three-pointer at the end to be the game winner so uh the Blazers lose a tough one 
Damian Lillard had 25 points, 6 assists, 2 rebounds on 7 of 19 shooting. McCollum had a slightly better day from the field. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Al-Farouk Aminu had a nice night from 3-pointer. It was almost like he was playing the Clippers in the playoffs again uh, in those last few games when the Blazers came back to win that series. Aminu with 19 points, 6 rebounds, 5 3-pointers he hit on the night. And... Uh, the Blazers lose uh, a tough one. It was it was a tough game uh, in in a couple of aspects for the Blazers, uh, but but most of all, just the end of that game, it looked like Portland was about to have a hard fought win against a team that had played well. The the, the Clippers themselves were uh, the best team in net rating coming into this game, uh, and have played really well without Chris Paul uh, looking really comfortable with Blake Griffin as the lead guy the the opening night game against the Lakers I watched that one and 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 Blake was looking as good as ever and and that three-point shot it looks like it's a real thing it doesn't look like it's a fluke he looks extremely comfortable taking it and uh that's the league you know that's the NBA Blake Griffin adds a three-point shot and then it it becomes even more difficult to guard him he makes a game winner, uh, a shot that he normally doesn't make, but but really, uh, he 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 really stifled uh, the Blazers on a night when it looked like they were going to end the game on a on a really big defensive stand down the stretch of that game. Uh, Austin Rivers cutting to the bucket after a series of plays, including you know Griffin driving to the rim, passing to DeAndre Jordan, passing out to Danilo Gallinari. The Blazers close it out. Then they swing it to Griffin. They close off that three. Griffin drive or not Griffin, Rivers drives. Nurkic gets a contest, actually ends up, looked like he broke Rivers' finger. Uh, and then they called an offensive foul, or a blocking foul, excuse me, on Damian Lillard. And then they went to the review. It they said it looked like a charge, and, and the Blazers got the ball back, and then they foul C.J. McCollum uh, with a little bit of time left on the clock. McCollum misses one of the free throws, makes the second one, and the the Clippers call a timeout. They get a play at half court, and Blake uh, delivers the heartbreak for, for the Blazers and... Uh, finishes off a, a really great night for him uh, once again I thought the Blazers played really well in this game but uh, not you know th- th- they they had a little bit of a stumble in some of the areas that they had dominated so far this season and one of those areas that they lost uh, tonight in this game on Thursday was on the glass uh, they were by far the best rebounding team in the league coming into this game. They were rebounding 59% of available rebounds, which I think was 4% better than any other team in the league heading into this game. And Caleb Swanigan proved, uh, you know, he, he had a really rough night, couldn't stay on the court, only played four minutes, and he's been one of the big reasons why the Blazers have been a good rebounding team. Ed Davis did deliver 10 rebounds tonight, seven offensive boards. Nurkic had eight rebounds, but uh, they were dwarfed by DeAndre Jordan, who had 18 boards to lead all players in the game. He played 38 minutes and uh, was really quite a beast 
down low. You throw that in there with Blake Griffin, and and all together, the 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 Clippers actually out rebounded the Blazers in this game, which has not happened all season to the Blazers. So, uh, I I talked about this uh, both after Fan Fest and in our season preview on Lockdown Blazers with Seth that. I thought rebounding was one of the areas that Portland absolutely had to dominate to be successful. They were successful in the first few games being the best rebounding team in the league. Tonight, they lose the rebounding battle, and this is something that, you know, I'll I'll explain a little bit more now, is that, you know, the Blazers made a real big investment on in, in big men, you know, the, I read a really good story today in the New York Times uh, by my friend Malika Andrews about the New Orleans Pelicans and how DeMarcus Cousins is confident that that tactic of being big can work. And I think the same is true with the Blazers. One of the funny things in that is that Alvin Gentry actually mentions Portland as a team that is going the other way, that's going small, you know, with C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard to guys that would probably looked at as probably be traditionally looked at as point guards as the starting backcourt but the other flip side of that is that Portland's going big in a lot of other places and and one of those was in the draft picking Swanigan and Collins going with Nurkic you know they have Ed Davis they have Myers Leonard they have a lot of big guys on this roster Noah Vonley is not even healthy which I know a lot of you are asking about right now and they need to dominate on the boards because we looked at this team, or at least I did. I thought, hey, maybe they could use an, an extra wing scorer. That's why I was in for Carmelo Anthony. Obviously, Paul George was the pipe dream, but they need to be able to rebound. And and one of the other things, too, with Harkless and Aminu. The, Aminu shot well tonight. Harkless has shot pretty well. So far this season, did not shoot well tonight. Was one of four from three point range. But those guys, they, they, when when they come to mind, they do not immediately scream to you, shooter. You're not thinking, all right, those guys are knockdown guys. When they when they get the ball, they're going to make shots, which is what you think of when you think of CJ and Dane. And so what you need from th- those two guys, as long as they're starting, which you know for the most part, has been pretty good for Portland. And uh, I'm not necessarily sure that that, that Stotts is going to change that because if, if things are going well, I don't think Stotts is one to rock the boat when when things are going well. I, 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 and, and I also am a believer in if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if, if things are moving along, even if Onlay comes back, I think that this lineup could probably have a good chance to stay together. But back to the point about what those guys need to do. Shooting, yeah, they need to make some shots. But most importantly, they need to rebound the ball. They need to defend their position well and defend other positions well because that is what is needed from the supplementary guys around CJ and Dame. And I think that those guys have done a very good job of that so far this season. I've been impressed with Harkless defensively. It's been one of my pleasant surprises of this season. Alfaruk Aminu, we know, can defend. But uh, Harkless, while having a lot of athleticism and defensive talent and things that make you think he's going to be a very good defensive player, he hasn't really shown that as a player yet. And, And so far this season, he's really done a nice job. And then 
you know, also, uh, while we're on the subject of defense, I know this has been a major talking point. I know that a lot of the Blazers media is talking up Dame and his defense. And I must say, it is it has gotten a lot better. Uh, he looks, I think, the vegan thing uh, has really helped him. I think he has a lot more energy. It looks like he's more energetic. It looks like he's almost standing more upright as he plays defense. He's not, you know, he wasn't ever keeling over because he's in really good shape. But what I mean is, is that he looks even more upright, more ready to go, more ready to play defense on a night-to-night basis. And I thought down the stretch, you know, save for that last shot where there was a little bit of miscommunication, which at the end of the game, after you've played almost 40 minutes, you're going to get tired. And so, you know, those things happen. But uh, other than that, which I think you could say was also a team breakdown that, that, you know, at the end of the game, you know, you have to be thinking there, no three pointers being up to, you know, I, I think that's a whole team thing, but overall Lillard has played very good defense and I think has, has really done uh, a nice job on the defensive end and, and is moving well in front of guys, uh, not giving up the point of attack not letting guys get into him. He's really stepping to guys, which, uh, you know, either he didn't have the energy for, wasn't thinking of, or, or what have you, but he, he really looks to have turned that around and, and, and done a better job. And, and with that, you know, the Blazers have, have been a pretty decent defensive team. I, I, I think it must be said, you know, they're not, uh, they're, it's early. It's it's hard to make declarations about uh, what a team is and what a team isn't, especially you know looking at uh, season long metrics and all that stuff. But uh, overall, so far this season, the Blazers have uh, looked pretty good defensively and and much improved. And 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 that's a step. That's something to to to, to be excited about. That they're showing signs because it would be a lot worse. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't want to get cut up in small sample sizes and 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 declare the Blazers uh, a completely different defensive team. But the eye test looks like they're better. It looks like they're getting in front of guys, especially at the point of attack, especially at the point guard position. You know, one of the real areas that they had struggled for a lot of the past couple of years was the point of attack. And I think Lillard has really done a good job of stemming that penetration, being in front of guys and not only just the one-on-one penetration, because I think Lillard is, or, or has been a pretty good one-on-one defender, but the, the off ball stuff, getting around screens, being aware of the possession at all times, you know, the blazers as a whole are, are just more in tune. And that, and that could be not only, uh, you know, maturity with the defense and, and just improvement along individual players. You also have to take into account, you know, the symbiotic relationship that all these guys have playing basketball together for such a long time and that and those those connections that can develop while playing with each other. And one of my favorite stories uh, in the NBA that was written a couple of years ago by my pal Jared Dubin uh, I think it was on on the cauldron about NBA defense and Mike Conley and Tony Allen and a lot of the Grizzlies talked about how getting to play with each other and knowing each other really helped 
them improve their team defense as a whole. And maybe we're seeing some of that play out with the Blazers. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of brings me to uh, one, of, one of our questions tonight on Lockdown Blazers from Kyle Brown at Kyle Brown 1333. And the defense, is it sustainable? And I'm watching it. And it 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 doesn't seem like there's any there's any smoke and mirrors happening. They're playing tough defense. They're making teams take tough shots. I think one of the the you know, especially in the regular season, uh, you know, teams can take plays off, and I don't think the Blazers have, but other teams can kind of elevate their game. And as the Clippers were trying to elevate their game down the stretch, uh, the possession when Austin Rivers broke his finger. You know, that was one of the best possessions of defense I've seen from the Blazers in a long time. There were multiple opportunities that you would think otherwise would be open shots, but the Blazers closed out. They closed out hard. They defended well. They really made a complete all-out effort as a group, and that was one of the things that I thought was really impressive about that last possession, or that second-to-last possession, excuse me, because the last possession, Blake Griffin hit the three and they won the game. But that second-to-last possession, for me, was very instructive to me about the the type of team this, the type of defense this team can play and has played. You know, uh, they have been consistent. They have been very good on the defensive end. I think they've been really good at rebounding. Say for tonight, you know, they they could have rebounded the ball better, and especially late, Patrick Beverly. Got around Dame a couple of times uh, for some offensive rebounds, and, and and that hurt giving the Clippers extra possessions. And I'm sure Dame would say that too. And 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 that happens because that over an 82 game season, you're not going to be perfect. But the habits that I'm seeing, the 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 activity that I'm seeing, the togetherness, the connectivity among the players on the defense that I'm seeing makes me think that. This is not smoke and mirrors, that this team can be a top 10 defensive team this season, that they can really improve on that. And I think their offense has also been pretty good. And and I think we, we know their offensive talent. But I think also, in addition to the fact that I think the starters have played better defense, Ed Davis looks better. He looks quicker. He looks more ready to, 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 to be all over the place. He, he just looks better. He looks healthier. He looks he looks ready to play. Ed Davis looks like 2015 Ed Davis when he was, you know, the best backup center in the league, in my opinion, that year. That was one of the big reasons why Portland was so good is because they had a guy coming off the bench that could start for a lot of teams the way he played. And uh, he, he, he looks like that so far this season. Swanigan, for the most part, has looked pretty good. But, uh, you know, sometimes against certain matchups, certain teams, his quickness still is not quite there and uh i think he can get quicker you know he keeps on losing weight and losing weight i'm not going to put anything past this guy who's added so much to his game you know we've seen lillard make a leap defensively from year five to year six so i'm not going to say that anything's out of the realm of possibility for caleb swanigan especially because he's getting minutes and producing but uh ed davis has been the better defensive player he has been put playing really well and and Swanigan has also played well defensively had that big play against New Orleans that block shot he's a good rebounder 
and and that's big for Portland. That's that that is that is is very big for the Blazers to be able to rebound well again because of the investment that they made. This team was like, all right, we're gonna pick big men. And I remember that night, you know, they picked Collins and Swanigan, and Twitter was you know getting at them. You know, oh, the Blazers are in the past. You know, they think big men are gonna come back. They think you can do this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, basically the Warriors, you know, they, how are they going to beat the Warriors playing like this? And I think one of the things that the Blazers are embracing, that is something that I have thought for a while, maybe not in the same context, but I have thought it is that you have to do what you can do best to win. And, uh, I think the talent level at the big man position was, was really big last year. And I think, you know, that, that does not happen uh, in a vacuum, you know, if, if most of the talented players coming into the league are big men, that tells you something about where the game is going. And, you know, guys like Swanigan, guys like Collins, if if, if Collins, uh, you know, gets in the rotation and, and kind of actualizes to become the player that the Blazers think he can be as a three-point shooter, a screen setter, uh, you know, those are the type of big men that can play in today's league. They, they can do multiple things. And uh, I think Swanigan will continue to, to get minutes because he's not just a not just a traditional big man that has to play around the paint. He did have a really, uh, really rough game tonight, only playing four minutes. But I do think that where I, I do like where Portland is going, where they're trending. I think their defense uh, looks good, and I think it's encouraging. I don't think there's anything to be pessimistic about. I don't think that the question, uh, should it be sustainable, is necessarily the question. I think that the question is, you know, how good can they be? I think they're going to, I think they have a very good chance to be a good defensive team, but, um, you know, sustainability on that end, uh, I think it's just going to be the, the, the level of defense because I think that the habits are there right now that they will be a very respectable defensive team, at least league average, which I think exceeds expectations from where I thought they would be. Uh, a question from Barry O'Donnell at Barry Celtic, where Noah Vonley fits when he's healthy. I think that Swanigan spot, for the reason that I just addressed, especially in certain matchups, is 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 one of the places where Vonley can fit in because he's a little bit quicker defensively, can move his hips. Uh, can can really get down in a defensive stance against guards. He can kind of do that little dance that Swanigan has good footwork and can do that stuff, but he's just he, you know he's just not as fluid as Vonley is. And uh, I think especially from the defensive end, Vonley can fit there in 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 certain matchups because I do I do want to caution that while Vonley is better at certain aspects of defense. Swanigan is it makes things happen and 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 that is something that you know because Swanigan gets in there he bangs around and has always done done that type of stuff as long as he's been in the pros which is you know been two weeks but with Vonley it's kind of been a question so so far in his career and one of the things that I want that I think the Blazers need to see more of from Noah Vonley whether he gets into that 16 minute rotation spot you know, because there's not that many minutes really to give up uh, in the rotation. So I guess this is 
this counts for all the other questions like from my my guy Matt uh, who asked uh, about where Vonley fits in the rotation and 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 where he's going to fit I don't think you know if things keep on trending the way they are with the starting lineup and the way the team's playing especially defensively I can't see Stotts changing the starting lineup but I, I could potentially see him giving Vonley the nod over Swanigan because of his because of his tenure, because of the fact that he knows the offense, because of the fact that he's a little bit quicker. Uh, Swanigan has been a monster defensively, and and on the glass, I have to say that, and and it's been a, a pleasure to watch him so far this season. But I do think that Stotts will give Vonley a chance to win those minutes back. I don't think it's a situation where. Uh, Vonley's been hurt and he's lost his spot and I think nights like tonight reinforce that because uh, it was a spot where Swanigan was not ready did just didn't really fit and and there's going to be some of those nights sometimes uh, in especially in Swanigan's early career and uh, I think Vonley can really help uh, on those second units he hasn't really played well with Ed Davis, you know, a lot in his career, but I think that if he really commits to rebounding, if he does all the same things that he was doing last year with Yusuf Nurkic, and one of the other things, too, is that I would like to see him maybe play a little bit with Nurkic just because the Blazers really thrived in that. But again, if you're Terry Stotts, how do you manage that? Because you have this lineup that looks pretty good right now, We'll see. You know, that's another another thing is is where the the team is when Vonley gets back. Will they be in need of a shakeup? Will they be in need of uh, uh, of changing things up and going back to that lineup that they had last year with Nurk and Vonley? And that's that's potential uh, as well. But I think defensively, it gives you just a tiny bit more versatility than than Swanigan does. But Swanigan has been. Uh, incredibly useful for the Blazers, and I think one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why they were coming into this game by far the best rebounding team in the league. Uh, our guy Mike underscore Morris twenty two, Michael Morris, uh, friend of the show, always sending in questions. Longtime listener, shout out to Mike. Uh, AC report. Well, Alan Crabb is on the mighty. Brooklyn Nets, who are three and two to start the season this year, uh, Alan Crab uh, has been a part of that. Ironically enough, he is not a starter, which I think is what he probably wanted. He's not even playing as many minutes per game uh, out there for for the Nets as he was for the Trailblazers even last season. But he's getting more shots. He's hitting the three-pointer well, as he always does. He's really filling in well next to D'Angelo Russell in the Brooklyn offense. And I think has has really been a big help to, to them becoming a more respectable basketball team. Damari De- Carroll has also had uh, a really good start to the season, kind of an out-of-character out start for him uh, as a shooter, shooting extremely well from the field so far. The Nets beat the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. I watched that game. Uh, since I'm covering LeBron these days over at LeBronWire.com, and I I watched that game and 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 Crab just he just helps the offense and 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 the, the Nets, you know they really ran a nice system last year as well. But you know their best shooter was Brook Lopez uh, at the three point line, and now that they have players at 
the wing positions that can shoot the three, that they have D'Angelo Russell who can create off the dribble. Uh, even Spencer Dinwiddie, he's got a little a little giddy up in his step as well. And 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 and, and AC has been helpful. And this is one of the things that I I said before they traded him. And one of the things that I I thought about Crab still think about him is that he's not that he's not a bad player. He's not a player that Portland had to attach a pick to. I didn't think that. You know, I was a little bit surprised. I will say that the the market agreed with me, but it did. And. Crab is a good player, and and I thought was was in just a situation last year that he had outgrown with the Blazers, and that's not to say that it's okay that he underperformed given his contract, but I think I'm what I'm doing is I'm just explaining what happened, and and I think that was one of the things with Crab was that uh, he he kind of outgrew his role, and I think he's he he's he's doing pretty well in Brooklyn so far, at least from three point range, he can definitely improve his two point. Uh, shooting, but he's part. He's a big part of a team. He uh, gets a lot more shots per game so far this season for the the Nets per 36 minutes. He's getting in three more attempts per game from the field. So uh, obviously, as for a guy whose best asset is his jump shot, it probably feels good for Alan Crabb to get more jump shots. And. Uh, I think that's that's gonna do it for for tonight uh, on, on this edition of Lockdown Blazers. I know that uh, this was a tough loss that the Blazers, re- you know, really had one that they should have had. You know, CJ McCollum missed a couple free throws that he always makes. Uh, Blake Griffin made a, a huge three point shot. The Blazers had a couple of defensive stands that that didn't matter, and and. Uh, I think the Clippers are also a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. Blake Griffin has really grown in the absence of Chris Paul, kind of like he did, you know, at times when when Paul was injured while they were together on the Clippers. But he's really elevated his game and played like a a superstar tonight and a, a super duper star. And 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 when Blake is is going, he's as good as anybody in the league can be. Uh, and, and I, I, that's not a hyperbole. I think, you know, uh, he's, he's one of the most talented players in the league. Now he's had that three point shot. He still has his athleticism and, and, and it's one of those ones you lose. The Blazers don't really have a matchup for him. Uh, you know, maybe Vonley on a night like tonight probably would have been the best matchup to throw out there, but. Uh, you know, you also could have said the same about Ed Davis. I think Amin was a really good defender. I, it was just one of those nights where I don't think you're going to stop him. And that's one of those nights that you have in the NBA where the offense is better than the defense. And that's what happens in this league because the players are so talented and it doesn't matter sometimes what you do. They will get buckets. And, and I think Blake Griffin was an example of that tonight. The Blazers lose 104-103. On Thursday evening to the Los Angeles Clippers, falling to three and two on the season. Thank you for joining me for this edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now on Panoply, uh, very excited that we're on Panoply. Very excited that you've stuck with us. That we're here on this podcast. I know I'm not doing it as often, but uh, really love being here. Love talking. Love talking Blazers and. Uh, you know, having a great time kicking back with you guys. So uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts is what they call it these days. Wherever you get a podcast, we're there. 
Uh, so look for Locked On Blazers. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Send us questions. And we'll be back with you again soon. I'll be back with you next week here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.